Hey everyone, Sean here, host of the AXPX podcast. I was editing tonight's uh, podcast I was going to be posting that we had recorded over the weekend, but I I felt I needed to kind of you know uh, mention the events that happened today, um, April fifteenth, two thousand thirteen, at the Boston Marathon. Um, and uh, I was at lunch today, and just flipped on the radio. Briefly, I funny thing is normally I normally don't listen to the radio and heard a special report that the uh, that the, the a bomb or whatever explosion had happened at, at the Boston Mar- Marathon at the finish line. So I sat there and uh, just sat there and listened to everything unfold. And of course, it, it's audio, and no one had any information. It was all sketchy and and uh, speculative at, at best. But um. Uh, so I've been pretty, I guess, pretty much obsessed with that all, obsessed with that all day, and pretty upset, you know, when you hear about things like this that happen and innocent people dying and and uh, just violence happening at uh, at a at a public event, you know, um, the Boston Marathon. I mean, uh, there you know, things have happened in movie theaters, and you know, you just think of places that you go to, public places, you know, with your family, like family events, and the last thing on your mind is is this kind of thing. Um, happening, so uh, it's been on my on my mind all day, and we in today's podcast we do discuss a little bit about kind of depression and and frustrations and things like that. And it, although the conversation is kind of light, um, I just wanted to take take the time and personally just to explain you know wh- where I'm, where I'm at, and it's 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 things like this that happen that kind of spiral me into kind of a more of a depressed state and you know the world we live in is just you know there's a lot of light at times but there's is a lot of darkness and despair and and uh you know for someone like me kind of on this faith journey um searching for truth it uh, can be frustrating you know the answers aren't there and and it just makes the search for answers even harder but um there is uh some light in, in the darkness, though, and I wanted to mention the, the first responders and the police, the firefighters, the emergency response people, even just um, civilians, you know, people just there rushing, you know, the, the explosion happened and people were rushing to the explosion to help people out. And I think at times like these, even though there's a lot of despair and tragedy, that um, that, that glimmer of hope that uh, of humanity that people are willing to rush into danger to help others, I think, is uh, something that uh, people like me who can kind of focus on all the negative in an event like this, um, it's just something that a person like, like, like myself can focus on and, and kind of get me through, you know, dealing with my feelings of, of anger and, and uh, you know, you, you get on Facebook right after a tragedy like this and people are posting things like, you know, uh, only Jesus matters and you know, and pray for Boston, and my cynical, you know, attitude is like, why, why pray now, you know, like, what's that going to solve, maybe there was not enough people praying before, <laughs> you know, so I get frustrated, you know, reading all the aftermath stuff, and then, then of course, um, you know, you almost just have to turn off social media, because people can be monsters, you know, jokes, and, and things like that, so I've been off social media most of the day, as much as I can, so, um, anyway, 
I don't know where I'm going with all this, but I uh, just wanted to, if any of you are listening and are in the Boston area, just uh, know that, you know, uh, there's a lot of, you know, the whole country, basically, uh, our hearts are, are bleeding for those affected in today's events and, um, and you know, mourning, you know, with whenever things like this happen, you know, when innocent life is lost, it's, uh, you know, it affects me pretty deeply. So I just want to let all of you know uh these events are on my heart and uh my thoughts and and uh my thoughts are with all those who have been affected and um you know i don't know it's a tough thing so uh anyway <laughs> on to today's podcast hope you guys enjoy it and uh i think you know uh always trying to focus on the positive in a negative event is you know can help uh help turn a person like me's uh you know our emotions around and focus on focusing on the positive I think is the best thing to do in this type of scenario. So anyway, uh, thanks everyone for listening and uh, enjoy today's podcast. The AXPX podcast is brought to you by Charming Beard Coffee. Go to charmingbeard.com and enter in the code AXPX when you buy a bag of their single roasted coffees and get 10% off of your order. Charming Beard Coffee, quality small batch, single origin coffee for the discerning coffee drinker Beard not necessarily required. Jesus, don't cry. You can rely on me, honey. Welcome everyone to episode 22 of the AXPX podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Sean DeRegger. With me today is Joey Avalos. Am I? Am I? You That's are. a good question. Yes. Why are we here? And uh, also with us is uh, uh, Rob Davis. And uh, what's up, Rob? Hello. <laughs> we had this amazing epic uh, philosophical discussion that we recorded three weeks ago, something yeah. like that, and it's probably the best podcast we've ever done. However, uh, my hard drive failed. <laughs> right as we were, <laughs> right, it seems like as we were wrapping up the conversation. So that has been lost to hard drive Sheol or Purgatory. Actually, not even Purgatory because I can't even bring it back. <laughs> it doesn't. Ha- it doesn't have a choice in the matter. There's no choice left. There was this file there sitting there, and I spent about two days trying to resurrect it. And uh, it was funny because it was right around Easter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you should have put like, it in a tomb. It's like if I can't even resurrect a file, <laughs> how can a man? I'm not even going to go into this. <laughs> so, anyway, and, that, and then of course my wife and I got on a discussion on if Jesus actually, you know was resurrected and it was just a crazy it was a weird weekend <laughs> nice so um after uh after kind of a couple of weeks break and everything and and kind of an impromptu <clears throat> podcast last week i was like we got to get rob back on and kind of it'd be nice to cover some things that we've covered uh and i think we're gonna go in, in more uh, more of a, a different direction as well so but first Joey, you were at a at an atheist convention. What was the name of the convention? Well, it's not really an atheist convention. Okay. I just I kind of just 
titled that because um, it was brought to you by Lawrence Krauss. He's a theoretical okay. physicist at ASU, okay. and he had had a science weekend here at ASU at the Arizona State University, the Gamage uh, Theater. And um, <clears throat> the first night, he had a, a screening of his new movie with Richard Dawkins, and it's called The Unbelievers. I can't really talk about it too much because it was a you know a screener. And it's not coming out until like a, I think in May or something yeah. like that. Are, are, you're not under embargo though. No, but they they kind of asked us. You know, they were pretty pretty stingent about man. everything, man. Hey, dude, you, you didn't you did not sign a contract, so you know, I <laughs> well, doubt you're gonna. I doubt there's any spoilers. They're already atheists, <laughs> right? This, this is the this is spoiler. Uh, it's really <laughs> about uh, a film crew just followed around Rich Dawkins and Lawrence Krauss for about a year and or a couple months. I can't remember, but um. Just filming them, like, because they wanted to treat it like they were rock stars. You know how you do a documentary on a band, right. and you travel with them, and you see them backstage, and when they perform. Well, they went around with uh, Lawrence Krauss and Richard Dawkins, and uh, just filmed them doing their thing. Um, and the the thing is, is uh, they had some other celebrities uh, a part of it, like Richie Gerv- Ricky Gervais, and uh, Cameron Diaz actually showed up to the event that night too, which was kind of puzzling. I don't know why she was there. I don't know star power, I guess, but Probably. she kind of. You know, you got on this panel of all these scientists and you got Cameron Diaz. So it was like, <laughs> you know, she's like, I love science, you know, and that's all she kept on saying. So, <laughs> but anyways, exactly. And that's what they kind of treat her as. But um, anyways, um, so that night, you know, it was hosted by Richard Dawkins. He was there and Lawrence Krauss and they showed us their new movie called The Unbelievers. And afterwards, they had a Q&A session and they talked about, you know, what do you think about the movie and everything? And it was what I found puzzling is that Lawrence Krauss was like, I don't want people just to think that this is a, a propaganda film for atheism. And then I'm like sitting there, I'm like, they want it to be like to promote science. And right. I'm like, well, that's that's great, but then don't make a cover of the cover is Richard Dawkins and Lawrence Krauss in the shadow of a cross, and it's called Unbelievers. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. Of course, it's propaganda, man. Yeah. But um, it was a good film. I, lo- I thought it was uh, really well put together. Uh, the cinematography was beautiful. I mean, they traveled them to all over the world, you know, Australia and, and Europe and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that, I guess, in May, I think. And I also saw our, our friend Seth Andrews made a cam- cameo in it briefly. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had to tell him. I go, hey, man, I saw you last night in the new uh, Lawrence, uh, Lawrence and Dawkins film. So he's pretty excited about that. That's cool. He's getting out there. Yeah, man, He's making moves. A star. Yeah, <laughs> an atheist star. Watch out. That's uh, what we should but, do, Joey. We should just <laughs> just say we're atheists now, and we'll, become, we'll ride the bandwagon of, of this right. new found, like all this new fame. I guess I don't know. There's a, there's another kind of uh, atheist film coming out that Seth, that Seth Andrews posted about, and uh, I can't find I can't find the name of it, but it's definitely. You know, it's definitely like propaganda. It's definitely kind of building them up. I mean, there's you know, there's a lot of Christian. Uh, propaganda out there too but this is kind of like the new atheism kind of propaganda films and of course they don't like the word propaganda but it it, they're designed Mm -hmm. to help them feel a little more validated in society just because they are kind of you know um the mainstream you know society the way that you know the way the u.s is it's you know if you say you're an atheist this definitely has a um you know uh some underlying um, negativity to that term so yeah yeah, and the reason why I called it like an atheist convention, actually, I called it an atheist church because, like, you know, you go to some churches. When you walk into the church, you got the music, the the mood music going on. You know, everyone's just 
talking among themselves. Well, that was like that, but it was completely just filled with atheists. You know, they they had their God-hating shirts on and just funny, you know, funny shirts and whatnot. But they had this music. They had Coldplay playing in the, you know, background. The lights were dimmed, you know, and everyone's yeah. like – and then when Lawrence Krauss came out, they, you know, the preacher, you know, everyone starts <laughs> clapping, you know, and then they go into a little worship service with Richard Dawkins comes out, you know, and they – they it was just interesting, man, because like um, – you're just surrounded all these things, all these people that are just like-minded, but it's an totally opposite from the world that you and I came from, you know. Right. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I'm I'm used to that kind of stuff. Like before, like my main experience with it was with Christian bands, you know, and and, and mm-hmm. on the tour and everything. And you you know, you you do you have the mood music going, mm-hmm. you know, some up and coming Christian band or whatever, and the lights are dim and all the kids middle in, you know. So yep, exactly. I've had that same sense, like you're yeah. at church. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's all about community, you know, and and these are a bunch of like minded people coming together, you know, in their in, in in their community, you know. So, so that's really all church really is. Is it, you look at it, it's just you know, mm-hmm. like minded people coming together. Well, then, then, yeah, yeah, and then we have I'll, us who just have no idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, well, the second night it was kind of good because it was it was called the storytelling of science, and they actually brought out Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye the Science Guy and a bunch of other great scientists, and it was entertaining and it was all about science and about storytelling, and I really enjoyed that night. Okay. That was that was one of the best events I've been to in a long time. Cool. And and where was that at? Uh, the Gamage Auditorium or Theater, I think it's it's a beautiful uh, theater in Arizona at the Arizona State University. Okay, because yeah. okay. I know that I think that same weekend the American Atheist Con- uh, Convention was going on in I think Texas. Yeah, Austin, Texas. Austin, yeah. Texas. So, well, we had three thousand people at our event. They, I think wow. they only had like twelve hundred. So, oh, okay, that's interesting. All right. So, would you recommend people, even if? Uh, oh, I'm buzzing. Sorry. Sounds weird. <laughs> Uh-oh. Big old buzz in my headphones. I don't know if you guys heard that. I heard that. <laughs> don't touch the computer. <laughs> Jeez. So what was your question? Um, I totally forget. I don't oh, know. you're you're asking if I'd probably recommend it? Oh, yeah. Would you, I mean, would you – well, these types of events, like would you recommend anyone to go? Did you feel since you're you're not like – you know, we're we're kind of all on the fringe, right? And we'll get into that in a little bit. But did you feel like an outsider? Did you feel kind of welcome? Like, what was your sense of of being there, especially on the night of the, the unbeliever screening? Well, you know, I think I think you do feel accepted because I think you already paid the ticket. You're there, and you probably like mind. People assume that you're like minded individuals, right. anyways. So it's like if you went to church, no one's going to go like, "Man, that dude looks like an atheist," right? You know, or <laughs> you know, like, "What's wrong with him?" You know, let's go talk to him. Well, some churches might think that. Well, if you if you're wearing all black and have a ponytail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And say I hate I hate God church or something. Yeah, that, <laughs> that might do it. But yeah, yeah, we brought up the ponytail. Yeah, there was a lot of ponytails there, man. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but anyways, um, yeah, I recommend even the film. I mean, actually, the the film directors they're actually two young dudes, and like their um their family are like pretty predominant Christians. Like, okay. so they showed it to them and they said they, they thought their Christian friends should watch it. Did you feel uh, like it was well represented, like kind of both sides or, you know, kind of objective or did it, you know, did it feel forced in any way? No, you know, it's the, it's the same old, same old, uh, really attacking fundamentalism, you right. know? And so I can get behind that yeah, because, totally. you know, so I, it's, it's only one degree of what you see in the, in the culture we live in, the fundamentalism, 
And they're, you know, it's the same old thing. It, I just remember um, there was a couple funny scenes. I mean, they they triggered, uh, they, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, they were trying to go after, like, Richard Dawkins would be on a phone call, and you're sitting there, and it's just dead silence for a while. And you're like, what is, what is this? And then it goes off to the screen to something else. And then it goes back to him again, and it's dead silence. Huh. And you're like, okay, this is awkward editing. What's going on? And then finally the punchline, he's like, Yes, I think it's child abuse, you know, <laughs> and he's like talking to some Christian pastor or something about <laughs> indoctrination or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they they had some funny moments in that, um, but yeah, overall, well, I thought it was educational, I guess. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'm looking forward to checking that out. Well, uh, like I said, we have Rob Davis on the show, and he's just been kicking back, <laughs> chuckling in the background. Um, Rob, I wanted to kind of turn it over to you a little bit, and uh, the, I mean, the reason why we initially had you on the show is because you had wrote a, an article on your blog, um, iamrobdavis.wordpress.com. Uh, it might have been the Who is Rob Davis. Who is Rob Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that you were um, getting tired of atheism you know um and you were getting more involved in kind of like an emergent type thing like um can you just give us a background kind of leading up to that moment of your relationship with christianity and things you know kind of your your journey into i guess unbelief or you know um i guess we can start with uh what kind of church you were raised and stuff like that yeah um try to Try to uh, compress all of that. Um, yeah, no worries. So, yeah, raised in Pentecostal, charismatic churches uh, since, I don't know, probably four or five years old. Um, got involved in youth leadership uh, around high school and kind of kept doing that um, until probably a couple of years after I graduated high school, became like an assistant youth pastor. Um, eventually, uh, you know, I led some small Bible studies in my house. I became a worship leader, um, eventually got ordained in a kind of progressive emergent type church in Oklahoma city. Um, so I, I was an elder slash pastor at that church for a little while and then got offered a job um, out where we live now, which is Raleigh, North Carolina, um, in 2007 and moved out here uh, so that I could work on staff at this uh, kind of a, a bigger, young, urban, um, neo-reformed church. Mm-hmm. Uh pretty well connected to, um, you know, Driscoll and a lot of those guys, John Piper and that whole world. Um, and so I was on staff for two and a half years before I quit. Uh, but I think my, my trajectory of, um, maybe skepticism mm-hmm. had probably started much earlier. And I feel like I, I spent, I don't know, maybe I could, I could trace it back to when I realized that the, the charismatic and Pentecostal churches that I grew up in were, were just really weird. (laughs) And, you know, I never had these, um, 
these experiences that everyone in that world thought were essential to being a Christian was, you know, you're going to speak in tongues and you're going to have these moments and you're going to, um, you're just going to know, capitalize K-N-O-W. You're going to know that uh, God is, is uh, in you and God is among us. And so none of that ever really happened for me, but I grew up in it. And I think it, at that point was when I really started kind of taking ownership. And I was probably like, I don't know, 21, 22 at the time. So I started taking ownership of my spirituality. Um, that's when I started reading books and I started really questioning a lot of stuff. And so I, I feel like, you know, it's been probably a, a 10, 11 year process yeah. of, um, questioning, doubting, um, re-examining things, trying to, to be honest with myself and with everyone else. Um, and so that, that kind of leads to when I, when I quit working for the, the Neo Reform Church in 2010, uh, so over three years ago, um, I, in conjunction with, uh, I think, uh, what I, what I see now is like some pretty severe symptoms of like PTSD and mm-hmm. depression and mm-hmm. anxiety and, you know, s- leaning toward some suicidal thoughts of, you know, I just, you know, I'm, I'm walking away from this world and I, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't have a, a degree. I don't have a job career path set up for myself, um, mm-hmm. which I think a, a lot of people that that go down that path go through the same kind of thing when they finally walk away. Right. It's because like, your job was ministry, right? I mean, that was like right. the path you went into. Yeah, and then all so, of a sudden, yeah. So once that's gone, you're like, well, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, um, and so. So all of that together with doubting and questioning, and then it was just like, you know, I don't, I don't think I'd buy into any of this stuff. Um, so I think at that point I was like, okay, I'm an atheist, and the 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 loudest voices that that I could find to support my um, frustration and bitterness and confusion um, were the new atheists. So guys like, like Dawkins and, you know, I, re- I really wasn't familiar with Lawrence Krauss until more recently, but, um, Hitchens, Harris, all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that, that kind of angry atheism didn't really last very long. Cause it's not really my, I don't know. I think so much of that is personality and it's like, you know, Anyway, so it didn't last very long. Yeah. Well, it almost then, seems... It, yeah, it, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, but it, it almost seems like you're drawn to that sort of person for a while, like just in my own experience, because they are the ones voicing the frustration that you've been dealing with. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but what do you do once you move past that frustration? You know, they, they seem kind of stuck in that perpetual battle against fundamentalism. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... 
So I'm sorry to interrupt. So, oh, no, no. so, so moving on, so moving on from there, was that what kind of sparked your, your blog post that you're, you're quitting atheism? That's what that, the blog post was. Yeah. And, and it was, it's in conjunction with, um, when I, when I first started going to therapy, which was, which was really good. I really think it literally changed my life. Uh-huh. It helped me more than anything anything else that um, I've done. Um, so when I started going into therapy, it was when I was kind of putting behind the new atheism thing. But I also came across um, some of these more radical, progressive Christian thinkers like John Caputo and Pete Rollins. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, you know, in any classical sense, they're atheists, but they're... Um, they're more they're trying to redefine Christianity based on their philosophical ideas. So um, that was really attractive to me for a long time, um, at least the past you know year, year and a half, maybe even longer, uh-huh. of really trying to understand what those guys were doing. Um, but I think even since our um, our last interview that that didn't work out. Um, I think I, I don't know. I I don't know that I can even explain or communicate. Yeah. Where I'm at right now. Yeah. But like, it kind of feels like even those guys, and even like the most far left out there guys, like a guy like Tony Jones or Jay Baker who these guys I have a huge amount of respect for, but it's still to me, it feels like a, um, extended exercise in justifying something. Right. Rather than, you know, let's, let's get to not, uh, the capital T truth, but let's just get to, the best knowledge that we have about the world, it seems like their pursuit isn't that. It's, you know, I have this background and I want to justify it in some way. So I'm going to find, <laughs> I'm going to find people that agree with me to support what I already think. Right. And sell some books. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they would probably admit that too. And that's great. But yeah. I think maybe where I'm at is me just going, okay, that makes sense. I get it. Um, but what do I want to spend my time yeah. doing? And <laughs> yeah, do you, it, here's, here's kind of the part of the direction I kind of wanted, wanted to go with today's show. Do you feel like this kind of perpetual skepticism and figuring things out? And does, do you feel like that could be kind of a cause of stress and depression? Like in, on, in your personal life, Cause I know it does me. Yeah. And I, um, and there, there recently, like I've come across some studies of people that, that actually prove that idea that, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living, but the examined life is going to be a lot more difficult. Like uh-huh. it's just like, it's going to cause you and it's going to cause you problems, going to cause your relationships problems because you can't, you can't shut it off. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that's totally, um, 
totally true in my life. Um, yeah. And it sounds like it's true in yours. Well, with me, I, I can expand a little bit. Um, just the, the past couple of weeks at work have been kind of the most busy I think I've ever been in the past five years, which is a good thing because I enjoy being busy. And uh, which is funny because I was in an interview with one of my bosses and uh, I said that and he kind of wasn't, yeah, you know, thought that I, he probably thought that I was full of bull, you know, full of shit. You're brown, <laughs> you're brown nosing. <laughs> but I'm not because my personality is, you know, the more that I'm into, the more that's going on in my day, especially at work, the quicker my day, you know, I get through with my day, you know, and I just enjoy it. Like the moment that I'm kind of still and, and quiet and, and bored, um, that's when I start like, uh, thinking of you know, thinking about all the bigger questions, you know what I mean, right? And and all that starts perpetuating in my head, and and so this two weeks, all it's been insanely stressful as far as work goes, and but I haven't even thought about reading any anything, anyone, any blogs, uh, any books that I've been trying to get through, any of the the podcasts and lectures that I'm kind of you know the past two years still trying to get through to the end of these, you know what I mean. I found that just working um, cleared all that out of my head, and it was almost like I had a fresh, you know, a fresh perspective. Like I think yesterday was the first day that I actually felt focused on just enjoying my kids mm. for the first time in a long time. So I'm kind of, you know, going through my head. I'm like, well, is this, you know, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptic. I'm a skeptic. I'm skeptical about things, but does this constant you know, attempt to figure things out and figure other people out and, and their theology and their philosophies, you know, is that necessarily really healthy, you know? Um, so it's just kind of, it, just kind of interesting, interesting thing that's come up the past couple of weeks with me. And uh, I'm not, you know, I don't want to abandon searching into things, but I think that there's a balance that is healthier but it's kind of a it's kind of a catch twenty two because you have personal relationships like my relationship with my wife, you know, uh, when we got married, we were both very much on the same page with our faith, you know, with religion, and now we're both kind of splintered away and we're not on the same page. So there's kind of this, you know, I want to rush to get to some point, you know, to some end point, so her and I can deal with that, you know, and then move on with our marriage. Um, you know, and just, but I, I, and I think that my constant, um, skepticism and, you know, and, and, and all the things that I'm reading, it, it does worry her. And I think it does to an extent, you know, stress her out a little bit. And, um, and she, you know, she worries about me. So, but, so it's like, you know, um, so it's just, it's just interesting that there's, there are times and, um, Joy, you can, fill in any time with I'm not sure you're you know how much you want to dive into but uh, there's times where I'm like you know what maybe I do need to go to therapy to talk all the stuff out you know my relationship with my parents I need to talk to somebody about my relationship with you know just people around me my constant skepticism you know whereas this podcast has been somewhat therapeutic you know there's there's a time where I'm like I have so much built up that uh, maybe I need to go get it out somewhere <laughs> you know so, um, so it's just been, it's just been interesting. And I, and there's times where I'm like, is this all even worth it? You know, it's sometimes I wish I could flip a switch and just go back to being, you know, not knowing the things I know, you know, and not having these questions, just go back and being just, you know, ignorance is bliss, right? You know, give me the, what is it? The, the red pill or the blue pill, whatever. I want to eat a steak, you know? 
Yeah, put me, yeah. Put me back in the matrix. Um, so I know I'm rambling. Joey, do you, do you, you know, have you been down this road a little bit or what's, what's been your kind of experience with, you know, this constant, you know, we're all kind of in this same page, the three of us, where we're not committing, you know what I mean? But we're no, all on yeah. this journey. No, and I think that's that's the one thing. Uh, you mentioned, uh, Rob, you mentioned Peter Rollins, and I've actually been reading his uh, new book, Idolatry of God, I think mm-hmm. it's called. And there was something profound in it that I really enjoy, that really connected with me right now, is that um, getting ri- rid of certainty, getting getting rid of all that stuff, being so certain about something, you know, um, it kind of it's refreshing to hear someone say something like that because I feel like everything around us, people around us, doesn't matter. I mean, you got so many different views of theology and um, belief systems and worldviews that everyone thinks they're right, and of course, no one wants to think they're wrong. And so, I, I find it, you know, Sean and I have these conversations a lot. We we have to check ourselves because we start projecting our own thoughts to someone. You know, we kind of do what he says in his book when we meet someone that has completely different views with us or we can't understand their views. Like, why do they believe that? Why do they think this way? And we just want to vomit them out, you know, and completely push them out of our lives. And then, but the same thing, really taking a look at what they probably see us and are like, how could they not believe this? <laughs> What's wrong with them? You know, and they just want to vomit us out of their their lives too, and you know, and just really check ourselves to to really be more human. You know, I that's what I'm trying to strive to be. Um, not get caught up in in so much of the 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 liner notes of everybody's lives. You know, it's more getting to the deep of who we are and in our relationships because I feel like we get so caught up in that stuff. You know, and we start building these walls all around us that if you don't fit in this box or and you don't you don't completely agree with my ideology or my theology then then you're out of my life you're not part of this world you know and i just feel that's if we're ultimately trying to search for love and loving and compassion to people i think the more we put boxes in our lives the more you know that's why i sometimes feel that christianity does that and i don't think it's really the message of christianity i think christians in general you know end up doing that and they don't realize that they're doing that you know so i think with the the journey that i'm on is is like sean you know we're skeptics that's how you know i think that's why we get along so well and and why we're we started this you know started this podcast and he asked me to join join the conversation with him is because that we we both care for the truth um you know, and there's we always talk about one of our favorite biblical scholars, Bart Ehrman. He uh, has a blog that I was reading the other day, and he was talking about, you know, he used God as a metaphor now more in his life since he's more of an agnostic. But he just thought, hey, if God is truth, then I'm going to go wherever the truth leads me, you know. And if I find something that doesn't seem to be adding up or is not the truth, then whatever God is and God does exist, then that's not God. And so that's where he kind of strives his life, and I kind of, I kind of, I kind of see that too. There's so many people that every there's so many cooks in the kitchen, and they all want to tell that they're right. And to me, when people do that, I just I I myself put my own walls up, and I just yeah. want to just not hear it anymore. Yeah. So, well, um, let's let's take a musical break here. I think it'll be a good good spot to take a break. And we'll come back here. I discovered this uh, acoustic artist this last week that didn't really help with my kind of climbing out of any sort of depression depression or anything. <laughs> but it's really good, and uh, I was actually in a record store, and I found one of his records for three bucks. 
And uh, I was I was really surprised. I mean, you know, you take a chance on a newer artist in a discount record bin, you know. But um, he's on Sur- uh, Suburban Home Records is what the record was released on. But I'm going to play his earlier record that I think was out on Asian Man Records. And I heard this song and I was like, I got to play this on the show. So uh, the song is called Fuck the World. So it's a very <laughs> uplifting song. <laughs> but you know what? It kind of... It, it, Songs like this kind of help me, you know, refresh my perspective and be like, you know, uh, you know, does it does it have to get to that? So, but anyway, it's a good it's a it's a good song and uh, I enjoyed it. So this is Mike Hale. The song is called "Fuck the World" from the album "Broken with No Hope" on the AXPX podcast. <laughs> Kill them all Women, children too Kill them all Let the devil soar through them There isn't much we can do Reap the world And then search for truth No, there isn't much honor, no respect in the selfish things I do. Why me? I've been there before, broken with no hope I might be. The poorest of sorts Far less than you hoped for I said this before Kill them all Fuck the world, fuck you Haven't they taken from me more than rights And what's worth what's wrath and No surprise I just don't care, no, I Couldn't care less for you or your causes I killed to defend my rights Taken, I leader of peace. 
Mike Hale with the song Fuck the World. A very uplifting song. I'm sure all of you are, you know, got some tea and are sitting down. It's actually a very pretty song, surprisingly. Uh, from his album Broken with No Hope, which is a very good album. I recommend it. I'm going to play a song from his newer album uh, in a little bit here, but definitely an artist worth checking out, I, I think, uh, in my opinion. So uh, <clears throat> let's move forward with this conversation here. And I mean, it's kind of, you know, all we're sending out that like all this kind of this constant search for for truth you know is is a big deal and you know it can cause you know it can cause a person like me to just say you know screw it i'm done with it you know i'm done with i just don't even want to pursue anything anymore and just want to live and focus on my my wife and my kids so there are different ways to kind of deal with that and rob i'm i have a feeling this is kind of what you were going through when when you because all of a sudden on facebook and twitter you said i'm i'm taking an indefinite hiatus from my blog (laughs) what uh kind of spurred you along to just saying you know what i'm not gonna because you were writing you know almost every day or you know you were writing quite a bit what what spurred you on to just kind of throw your hands up and just take a break from from your daily writing uh, as far as, you know, um, the emergent church, you know, religion, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I was definitely pursuing that, trying to um, at least write something once a day, um, whatever it is that I was thinking about at the time. Um, and then uh, our, our emergent group here that I started in Raleigh, um, we brought in our first like guest speaker, um, and he's a really cool guy. This guy Doug, he started this uh, very progressive church here. Uh, I think like 15 or 20 years ago. So he's an older guy, um, but very like I, I would say as far as you could go um, on the the progressive end of things. Um, being a, you know, he doesn't even call himself a pastor. He calls himself a minister. Um, he's got some really, he's a really smart dude. Um, but our group and the the local philosophy group kind of co-hosted him coming in uh, to speak. And it was really interesting. He's really engaging. Um, he, he opens things up and lets people question him and um, you know, I told him up front, like, this is a pretty diverse group. We've got some pretty hardcore atheists in this group. Most of us are some degree of agnostic. Um, and, and, you know, we've told the group, like, if you have a question, if you think that what is being presented is just total BS, like, we want you to, to, to verbalize that together in the group. So he knew what he was walking into, um, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> so he, uh, you know, we had about, I think there were about 40 people there um, at this bar. And he did his thing for about an hour or maybe about 45 minutes. And then we did about um, an hour of Q&A dialogue. Um, and after that, like, it, uh, it just, 
the next couple days, I was just thinking a lot about, you know, how, how someone would be interpreting this with no religious background and that, that that was exactly how it felt that, that he was presenting this message of trying to defend and justify, um, his own personal experiences and then project those onto everybody else. Like, Oh, well, this is, this is what I've experienced and you can experience it too. And you should in some way, like it it was very, um, like he wasn't pushing anything on anyone, but, um, I don't know. So the next couple of days I was just like, man, like, like I'm really trying to come at this redefining Christianity thing from this, you know, scientifically informed kind of progressive mindset. And this is one of those guys who's been doing this for 15 to 20 years. And I'm just not on board with 99% of what he's saying. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I was just like, man, I just, I just need to take a break. I need to back off for a little while. I don't know how long, but, um, and I also think like kind of aligned with what you were saying, Sean, about like, you know, focusing on there are these actual people in my life that I should be spending time with. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even the, the people in this group, like, like let's, let me back off of, of trying to figure these things out and let's actually talk through these things Mm -hmm. as a group. Um, instead of me kind of solo trying to figure this stuff out. Um, so that, that is the kind of the long, the long story of why I'm, uh, not writing about theology and uh-huh. philosophy for the time being. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that's, and that's one of the reasons I, I mean, I've tried to write, you know, on the axpx.com. I've written a few things, but, um, man, I, I can't imagine trying to, you know, write every day, just the stuff that pops in my head. <laughs> um, it just seems, and number one, I, you know, just cause how busy I am, I just don't have the time, but, um, it just, it does seem kind of like a never ending circle of just, you know, like, like a dog chasing his tail, yeah. you know, with trying to figure these things out. And, um, you know, it seems more healthy to just kind of, I guess, you know, talk to other people and, and, and you know, if they're willing to talk and, and enjoy the, you know, enjoy family and yeah, we don't have to have it all figured out. And that's, I think that's one of the things that I've always kind of, you know, Joey, you and I've always said, you know, this podcast isn't about solving anything, you know, mm-hmm. this podcast is about just getting, gathering as many conversations as we can, as we can, just because there's, I, I think there's a lot more people out there like us, whether or not they care to admit it. I think that you know, most people are, like I said, trying to get to a destination, right? So all these atheists, they're at a destination. There's no God, period, you know, and they're going to go forward and try to spread their message. You know, uh, a lot of people say there, you know, there is a God, so they're going for the spreading their, their message. And then meanwhile, there's kind of a lot of people in the middle that are just, you know, either don't care or, you know, trying to figure stuff out for themselves. Um, so, um, I don't know where I'm going with that. It's kind of going. <laughs> um, but, uh, do you, do you feel like, you know, 
when you said you're not going to write for that blog, do you feel like a weight's been lifted as far as that goes? Yeah, yeah. and I think, you know, I've, I'm have I'm currently working on my business degree, uh-huh. and I've, you know, I've, I've run my own business in the past, and I'm, like, I'm very, like, I'm always thinking in that mode, and so from a blogging perspective, like, I've already talked to a couple people about self-publishing a book, and like trying to do some of that stuff. Like I'm always right. thinking of, of those type things. Um, so with, with the blogging, I was definitely trying to, to do it in such a way, you know, maybe, maybe I'll come back around to it yeah. soon. I don't, I don't even know, but um, doing it in such a way where I could, I could become um, somebody on the, on the the uh, spectrum of progressive religious people, mm-hmm. like hey, I wanna I wanna um, build my my package. <laughs> That's the <laughs> your, right word. Your, I don't... your brand. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like create my my brand. Here's what I want to present to the world, and here's my message. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's just not the the right time for me to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you started up a, another uh, another kind of blog about like like fitness and health, right? Yes. So that's kind of the thing that you're focusing most on um, right now. Did you feel like you know what? I need to stop. You know, I need to stop over here with all this uh, you know f- philosophy and religious stuff, and really need to focus on. Do you feel like it's just you need to focus on you and your family right now? Yeah, I think so. I'm, uh, yeah, you know, being healthy in the, the big broad sense of that word, um, has always been something important to me, but I feel like I've, um, just kind of slacked off for the last 10 years and just not really cared about it. Um, but yeah, that's definitely part of it. And then, and I've got a, an awesome wife who's been running a few miles a day for the past like five years. And so I'm constantly, uh, (laughs) constantly, you know, she's not, she's not annoying about it, but, um, just randomly like, Hey, so you're going to go do something. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it, uh, that, and, you know, just, climbing up some stairs realizing wow this is painful <laughs> and i i am over 30 now and i need to do something yeah. so <laughs> yeah yeah um i i feel like just just in my you know uh job and everything and uh and just even since like the past few years i was really like i think 3 years ago i was i was me and my wife had really kicked it in gear and we were both we had both dropped like 30 pounds and you know I was running and exercising every day and uh, it's almost like once I started with all the skepticism stuff and then and work was ramping up I yeah I really just that was like the one thing I just cut out right away I was like oh forget it I don't have time (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know and then the way uh stress can be um with with all this stuff you know stress has an impact on your body you know and uh it does. It does cause you to, to just eat like shit, 
you know, uh, grab grab uh, fast food whenever you can. Uh, it was almost like it was almost like that would make me feel better for a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would be like really crazy busy at work and just be like, I'm gonna go to, you know, I don't know, Taco Bell and grab <laughs> myself some crappy tacos. You know, and then I take a bite and be like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel better. And then, like an hour later, you know, depression slips in. <laughs> yeah. So it's like an endless cycle. What are you? Uh, what What are you doing to? Do you have like a like a kind of a fitness plan? Are you, you know, adopting any, you know, any one type of, uh, you know, healthy living? Like my wife is talking to like vegan stuff lately. Yeah, I mean, I a couple of years ago, I um, I I didn't want to become a vegan, but I stopped eating meat. Um, so I I learned as much as I could from a vegan perspective because I was kind of thinking like like there's all these myths that are out there that people think, well, where are you going to get your protein? And that's just thrown out all the time. And yeah. so I was kind of looking at the the vegan perspective just to say like, how can I get the the nutrition that I need from fruits and vegetables and potatoes and I mean what I like without meat and then you know I can add eggs or whatever to that but I'm not gonna be um, putting myself in this scary place because people do you know go vegetarian or vegan and then they just eat crap food like substitute food for yeah. whatever they loved as a, as a carnivore. Um, so, um, yeah, so, so that's something that has definitely been a huge part of my life, even for the past couple of years. And now over the past few days, um, trying to, I think, add to a lot of that and even tweak a lot of the, the nutrition side of it, but then add, um, the fitness side. And I, I, uh, I wrote about this. I, I don't remember what a couple days ago or something. Um, but I really don't want, uh, what I'm trying to avoid is making some huge drastic change that's going to last like a week or a month or even six months. Like I want to, to find a healthy, I guess balance is the right word, like uh, something that I can add onto my life that will be sustainable and that I'll stick with it until, you know, I kill over whenever yeah. that is. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's been the, the, the issue my wife and I have faced. Like we watched a documentary and, and about juicing and we're like, we're buying a juicer. And we bought a juicer, and they're like, yeah, you should do a three-day juice fast or even a shoot a nine-day juice fast. And I was like, I'll, I'm going to do it. And uh, day two, I was like, I need myself a steak. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, we did the same thing. It was that, that fat, sick, and nearly dead yeah. documentary. Yeah. Um, and everyone I know who's watched it went out and bought a juicer immediately <laughs> after they watched it. Like, I know at least 15 couples that did the same thing. Um so we did it and we tried it. Um, and I think if, if I was obese, then I would totally consider something like that uh -huh. and some more extreme kind of thing. But 
you know, I just recently went to the doctor and uh, I hadn't been in like a year and I, I went in and I was like, I was like, Hey, my wife was worried that I've gained some weight <laughs> and that I should come talk to you. And the dude like started laughing at me and he's yeah. like, he's like, you're still under the average weight for your height. Like, <laughs> yeah. so it's not like I've, uh, I've, I'm super overweight and I, I, uh, have a huge problem, but it's just, um, you just don't want to buy the next size up in your jeans, man. What's wrong right. with that? <laughs> yeah. Which I, I have done that. I just tried. Yeah. I've had this pair of Dickie shorts for like 15 years <laughs> that I, I've been wearing every summer for 15 years. And now I can't put them on. And that it made me like I got a little teary eyed because they're, <laughs> they're my favorite shorts ever. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> no, I remember – I went to the doc on my on my thirtieth birthday. My wife was like, "You know, you're thirty now, so um, you should probably think about going going to the doctors to make sure you're all okay." <laughs> yeah. So I went to the doctor, and he was he looked at me, and he was like, "Why are you here?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was like, "Well, I don't know. I'm thirty. He's like, "Yeah, you're thirty. <clears throat> like, are you in any pain?" I'm like, "No." Um, he's like, "Are you overweight?" He's like, "You're obviously not overweight." I'm like, "Well, no." He's like, "Well." He looked at me and he was like, you're fine. Go home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, there's this kind of thought like once you hit 30, it's like, oh man, it's all downhill. That's it. Yeah. It's 30. I'm a grown up now. <laughs> yeah. You know, watch out. So Joey, uh, you've, you've been trying to get a little healthier. Uh, what's, what's, what's been your, you know, yeah. trajectory? Like, yeah. I, I, I get tired of people say, so what diet are you on? And I go, you know what? Honestly, I just. I just take the tea off it, and I say, I just try not to die, man. You know, that's that's basically my new philosophy. There's no such thing as diet, man. It's what you eat or what you don't eat, man. So, right. Um, I've been really focusing this time because uh, about a year and a half ago, I mean, and I was telling this to Rob. I think I joined onto his blog and kind of told him this, but I did P90X, that popular workout program, and and, and seriously, it works. Uh, but you, of course, you're working out six times a week, really hardcore, and then you you find a coach that really knows the nutrition, and you're eating like 50% of your calories are protein, 30% of carb, 20%. I mean, within like six months, I dropped like 40 pounds or something, you know, like, and I would body body weight was like, uh, my body fat was like nine, eight percent. It was ridiculous. But what happens that I was telling Rob is that you become unbalanced. I mean, there's some people that are like it. Be, it is a lifestyle, but that's the lifestyle I could not sustain. Right. You know. Uh, but to the, it was certain to what happened is I was getting my metabolism was kicking in so hard that when you eat clean, you can't eat enough calories in a day. And I'm not a professional eater, so when you get to a certain point <laughs> in a certain point of uh, time when your metabolism is kicking up so much, I had to eat something that had like some badness to it that some a lot of calories like a panda express or something just to get some <laughs> calories on me you know but once you start doing that you start developing those old habits when you eat maybe once or twice a week at a fast food the next thing you know you have wendy's every single day at lunch right you know and the next thing you know you're having wendy's at lunch and uh rubio's for dinner you know or, or some mexican restaurant you know and then it just becomes your diet that's your lifestyle and i think you know, like what Rob says, I'm going for the more the balance support approach now. You know, I'm not stressing about it too much. It's like, you know what? I need to make sure I'm doing my fitness, make sure I'm eating well, 
try to put the nutrients in my body, really concentrate on the nutrition side of it, but not beat myself up on it. You know, if I'm going to go to a family event and they have pizza there, I'll have pizza. I just need to learn to not have six slices of pizza, you know. <laughs> but it's so good, Joey. I know. It's so and it's good. And it's just like that, you know, <laughs> especially even with like drinking beer or something. And I know that was Rob's crutch too, you know. It's like you just – I think it's more fun in the balance. It's not completely going cold turkey and cutting everything out because – I don't know. To me, I want a quality life and some part of the social being of having good food. No one wants to sit around and just eat a bunch of kale, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, there's some people that do that, but most people I know don't sit around just, they don't order a batch of kale instead of a batch, you know, yeah. a pizza. So, yeah. Anyways, I like to try to find balance and that's what I'm doing right now. And actually, I feel great, man. Honestly, I've, I'm not like, worried about all this protein intake and everything i work out maybe four or five times a week right now i've been my friend has this like replacement shakes right now that i actually really enjoy and it's not like i feel like i'm on a diet but they're called it's called herbalife and and they've been good i enjoyed those shakes and then just you know eat a sensible lunch you know like a turkey burger or something like that but um yeah it's been going good man Cool, man. I know that uh, I was I, I texted you, uh, Joey, the other day that the past two weeks I've gained I, I lost like uh, eight pounds and then I gained yeah. them back the past two weeks because because of, <laughs> of my job. But uh, but you know it, it is. I mean it's um, you know it's it's balancing your life out. You know my problem my problem is when I get kind of stressed out and uh, you know I just want to eat just as crappy as I can for some right. reason. You know it's kind of a, a mental thing. And even, you know, even, uh, then when you get home, you know, it's like, you know, have a couple beers to kind of, after, after the kids go to bed to kind of just take, take it down a notch, you know, cause I'm going from five in the morning until about eight at night. I'm just going. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's trying to get a healthier balance. Like, yeah, maybe tonight I don't need a beer, you know, maybe instead of drinking a beer, I should go, you know, um, punch a punching bag or you know what I mean <laughs> get on the elliptical and just run it out or, or something like that so but yeah yeah I think I, I don't know a, a big thing for me well two things is like like the time factor and then the the money factor yeah. and just you know you can even even doing a juice diet like you can spend a couple thousand dollars and then over a few weeks if yeah. you're trying to do that every day and then um you know, just if it might sound bad, but if 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 something isn't convenient, then I bet the the percentage likelihood of you actually committing to it and keeping with it is just not gonna be there. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I, I'm not. Um, I this was something that came out in my therapy. Like, I'm the type of person like that when I when I I'm interested in something like I go balls to the wall. Like I go 150%. And then if it's not something that, that I should be doing, like it's just going to, it's going to fade out pretty quickly. And I, I, so I have to, to stop myself from being like, all right, let's chunk all the food in the house and let's (laughs) go to the grocery store. And you know, I'm going to go join a new gym and like get some new shoes. Like I, uh, (laughs) I don't know, it was five or six years ago that I I was like I'm gonna run a marathon and I went out I'd never done anything like that in my life I was like I'm gonna do it and uh, I went out and spent like two hundred dollars on these really nice shoes to run and 
bought all these clothes and, you know, sold all our, or chunked all our food and bought new food. And I think I ran like a week. And then I was like, now I have these $200 pair of shoes. What the hell am I going to do with this? I still have the shoes too. They're still in the box. Yeah. They look great. Yes. Uh, so I'm with you on that. Yeah, I have the same kind of personality. I'm if I'm going to do something, I'm an all or nothing guy, and that's why it's dangerous when you get into like, like it's a slippery slope when you start learning, even with theology stuff or learning about the history of religion or Christianity or anything. You once you learn something, you can't unlearn it, you know. But then I was talking about I was talking to this to Sean the other day. I was like, you know what? I think really that gets gets us going about this is. Is actually, I learned this from Lawrence Krauss the other night and Richard Dawkins. They actually said this about how much, why they love science so much. And they love finding out something they thought was right being completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, I, and I started really thinking, and that just made them really want to learn more about what they were searching for. And, and, and I started thinking about it in our own lives, you know, like we, we had a worldview, we had a, a, an idea of what we thought was the truth. And then we actually tried to learn for ourselves or study and and find out there's some <laughs> conflicting ideologies there. And we had to figure out, okay, what is the truth? But that was so intriguing to us. It's like, wow, why isn't anyone talking about this? Yeah. Why aren't our pastors telling us about this stuff? They say that they, you know, all these historians and biblical scholars are saying that they teach this in seminary, but they don't say this to their congregation. And you're yeah. like, you feel like, uh, are they keeping this because they don't think we can handle it? And why don't they think we, you know, and then you start getting that mentality and stuff. Yeah. Like there's this, this secret knowledge that you're not a part of. And then you're wondering if, are they just lying? Are they scared? Like you said, Rob, that they're going to, now they know the truth. Cause I know a lot of friends, uh, that have gone to seminary and become atheists after it, but they, what they do, they'll become, you know, get in the church and they have this degree that they spent, you know, all this money to get this degree and they're supposed to be a pastor and they don't even believe anymore. But the problem is, is what are they going to do with this degree? You know, um, I have friends even have problem like that stop believing or whatever and, and, and try to get a regular job like at a bar. And they, they saw that it was some something like Azusa Pacific Seminary or something like that. And they were like, uh, you know, this is a bar, right? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. and they weren't going to, they kind of were hesitant to give them a job because, you know, that they thought they were going to just be this judgmental like, pastor guy that comes in and trying to change their whole staff or something like that but yeah. i you yeah, know when they, I, yeah uh, when i when i got the so i i'm just about to hit the year mark on the job that i've i've the job i got about a year ago but um when i when i applied for the job which you know my motivation to do so was pretty low at the time but um yeah i had to I had to have about a 30 minute conversation with the lady who's now my manager, just trying to like explain that whole backstory and why, you know, I did, I haven't had like a regular job and I don't have like of a, a regular degree or anything. (laughs) It's so crazy. Like that, you know, I feel like that they should tell people up front, like, (laughs) yeah, Like, this is probably what's going to happen. Most of you are going to walk away from this. Like, either either you're going to not become or you're not going to stick with your your Christian stuff or you're at least going to get out of ministry 
and that the statistics are something like over 50% of people who graduate from seminary. Wow. So I, I wish that they would tell people that up front and also tell them, <laughs> like, hey, this degree that you have and this experience you have in ministry doesn't mean anything to anyone <laughs> in the real world. They just don't care. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you you I look at just my college and I went to a couple of smaller colleges and got my bachelor's of arts in electronic media and you know, I mean half those people didn't stick with whatever their major was. You know what yeah. I mean? So you you know, I went to school for like video production and radio. Well, when I got out of school, radio was collapsing, you know. Clear Channel had bought up all these radio stations and were farming out, you know, the cheapest uh, uh, disc jockeys they could. And there's just, there's just there wasn't a job market in radio. And then for video production, I didn't, you know, I just did not want to move out to L.A. or New York. That just wasn't in the cards. Not my. I just didn't want to be eaten up by that machine. So and of course I try to find all these smaller, you know, guys who have local you know, companies, but they, it's, it's them and an intern, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you, you look at this just in regular college, no one really sticks to exactly what they went to school for. And so then I look at all these people going to like a seminary and, and a Christian college, like, like my wife went to, you know, Rama Bible Institute, but she doesn't have a degree, you know, a real life degree. Like I say real life, you know, it, it, it definitely helped her. Like she's glad she went there, but it doesn't, there's no, uh, there's no credits. You know what I mean? There's no yeah. degree there if you're looking for a normal job. Um, so yeah, I mean, so they don't really mention that at all during a seminary, huh? <laughs> uh, this- no, they, that, I know that for a fact. And I mean, I think we're going to probably have a future podcast. Didn't you say, you know, someone from yeah, seminary, well, Sean? Yeah. I want to, I mean, it's definitely an idea to get either one or two people on who've been through a, a school like that and, and have lost their faith. And it's like, you know, what do you do? What, what did you do? You know? So yeah, you'd think there would be kind of like a dual, you know, um, degree you can get, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. You know, but <laughs> crazy. All right. Well, let's, let's take another music, musical break here and then we'll come back and, and uh, I want to try to blend um, blend a couple things together. We'll chat about that and, uh, you know, call it a day. But uh, this is Mike Hale again. This is from his newest album. I say newest, new-ish. Came out in uh, 2009. The album's called Lives Like Mine. And this is the title track off the album. So this is Mike Hale with Lives Like Mine on the AXPX podcast. Oh, 
Mike Hale with the song Lives Like Mine. It's the title track off his newest album of the same name. Uh, it's out on Suburban Home Records. You can uh, just Google Mike Hale and Lives Like Mine. I think you'll be taken to his band camp, and, or the Suburban Home Records band camp, and you can grab that there. So, good stuff. I like it a lot. A happy accident uh, when I was browsing the record store. Um, speaking of records, my wife just brought home like three huge boxes full of records from one of she sells new homes and uh one of the buyers uh or one of you know people that had bought they were like you know moving into the new house and they they're like we have these boxes of records do you know anybody and she was like um my husband (laughs) (laughs) so i'm uh i'm excited to go through those those records half of them are warped but um uh but the ones that were all compacted together in the boxes, those are all awesome. So I got some Prince and some Bruce Springsteen. Sweet. So it's awesome, pretty, man. Pretty excited. Pretty Score. excited. That. Some Journey, I think. <laughs> oh, <Yes>. watch out. <laughs> anyway, records are fun. It's it's. Oh, they had Beatles. Uh, the Beatles, Let It Be. But the thing was all scratched to hell. I got pretty uh, impressed. I was like, damn it. That's one that I want. Well, it's one that I want. It's so expensive, you know, to, if you find a decent copy of that. Oh, yeah. So maybe I can sell it even though it's crap. 
maybe. But hey, it's free, so you can't look. You know, it's <laughs> it's awesome. It's like I got all these free records, so I'm not gonna complain <laughs> at all. <laughs> exactly. Good time. So all of you should collect records because it's fun. I don't know. Agreed. My wife thinks I'm crazy, <laughs> but I keep telling her I'm like, there's a fidelity difference. They sound better, and she just looks at me like I'm crazy. So I don't know. To each their own. <laughs> So what I want to do, guys, is in this last little segment here is I want to kind of see, you know, um, if there's a way, you know, blending like our quote unquote faith journey and then kind of, you know, we're all like making health goals for ourselves. Um, And, you know, do you guys have like plans on trying to blend those two? Are you trying to do one or the other? Uh, Is can there be a balance and balancing, you know, health and, you know, all these you know, deeper questions that we have in our lives. Um, Rob, are you juggling that in some way? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, one of the things that I, I think is one of the, the long-term kind of positive things that will stick with you forever going through therapy is that you very quickly, like, you learn what your triggers are uh-huh. toward, like, you know, I have this negative tendency to feel this when this happens. Right. And, um, so you, you, you learn much better, like how to set boundaries for yourself and how to, to just calm yourself down, take a breath, like step back from the situation, all these things that, um, you know, I wish I would have known when I was 10 years old, but, um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think, um, I mean, with anything, it's like uh, just just being able to to step back and put like put a little bit of distance uh, between yourself and your situation, and um, not overreact and not freak out about ridiculous things, and you know, not um, you know, I. I could easily, uh, through through this process the last couple of weeks, I could easily latch back on to to the new atheism thing. I could easily uh, shut down the group that I started and join some other like <clears throat> atheist group in the city because there's a few of them that are pretty big, and mm-hmm. you know I could I could go down all those paths. But when I, when I just calm down and I'm like, ah, you know, what's really going on here? I'm like, well, this isn't really that big a deal. Like, it's, you know, I can just, <laughs> I can just take a minute, take a couple of days, take a couple of weeks, take however long it takes, yeah. and, um, you know, not think that I'm missing out on something because I'm not reading this or not commenting on this blog or I'm not listening to this podcast, not yours, but like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like not, not thinking like, Oh, my life is going to be worse if I don't do fill in the blank. Yeah. It's like, well, it's just not true. Like, um, there are all kinds of things that I can focus on and spend my time doing that, will bring me fulfillment and make me happy. So, um, yeah, it's just, that's, that's a big, like, like we kind of have all these, um, phrases in my house that 
we say all the time, and I'm sure my kids are totally annoyed by them by now, but <laughs> like one of them is like, take a breath. Just take a goddamn breath. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just calm down. Like, step back and, okay, this isn't a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, um, you know, I, I didn't ask you, Rob. Do you are your uh, are your parents Christians? Do you have a good relationship with them? They are my mom until about a year ago, I think. She had started her own church, and she's a um, she was a pastor, but they had to just shut that down. And my, then my dad has been a um, worship leader for a long time. Um, so they were kind of doing that for a few years. And I think because of financial issues, they had to quit doing that. Um, but yeah, they're, they're very still very much in the charismatic world. What, what what, what are their reactions to, to your journey you've been on? Is that, uh, I mean, I I asked because I'm in kind of, you know, but my parents are very, very religious and they're always worried about me, (laughs) you know, my soul. And, you know, um, they kind of want me to, to figure it out. You know what I mean? Or is, do you feel like a stress from them or are they very open to kind of, you know, your, your personal journey? They went, when I first quit working for the church, like three years ago, um, and kind of spilled my guts to my parents, my mom, her reaction was, Oh, you're just angry with God. Right. And so um, that was really one of the last actual conversations I've had with them about religion or anything mm-hmm. else. Like, like we'll randomly send each other emails. But for the most part, we just don't talk about it. Yeah. Because it's such a touchy thing. Um for them, and it has been for me. I don't think it would be so much now, but um, yeah. So <laughs> we really that that is the approach is just to not talk about it. Right. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat as <laughs> you, because that's definitely like that subject is uh, you know can be a cause of some some stressful conversations or emails or you know just gets uh, just gets exhausting. Yeah, I think the the more difficult thing than even me with my parents has been like my kids with my parents and they're, you know, kind of at that age, like they're 12 and 13, where they're not little kids anymore. Right. Like they're, um, they really have their own kind of thing and they, their own personalities. I mean, not that younger kids don't, but kind of that, that pivotal age where they're making their own decisions. We give them a lot more freedom than we ever have, and yep. which is also a lot more responsibility and all of that. And not being in that environment since before they were that age. Uh-huh. So, you know, being out of the church for three years, they don't remember a lot of that and they just haven't been around it. So even like a five minute conversation with my parents they're so confused and like, what are they talking about? I, I don't understand what grandma means when she said that that's a sin, like all the stuff that, you know, we grew up with and it's just, you know, common lingo 
um, they just have no context for it. <laughs> They're so confused by everything yeah. they say. Yeah, well, I, I had a similar situation yesterday when I was watching the special features to the Bible History Channel Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and they were talking. They were showing the scene where they were trying to film, you know, the crucifixion. And then my my daughter walked in the room, and all of a sudden she has all these questions on what's that man doing or why, you know. <laughs> yeah. She kind of been through ch- church with the. They they go to church every now and then, so they have an understanding of who Jesus was and but her asking me like well why did they crucify him you know and i'm like i can't even, <laughs> this is the hardest thing for me to answer right now because it's like she's seven so i was like well uh yeah well you know <laughs> and, you know she doesn't understand like you know the the there's the old covenant right so basically the this show was showing that there was an old covenant and that jesus you know instead of uh, i was trying to explain like when the old it, long time ago they used to have to sacrifice animals <laughs> you know she's like her eyes like she kind of looks like what you know and i'm like ah well if you, were, if you were bad you had to kill an animal and and then i'm like and so then jesus is god's son and jesus uh, i don't you know i uh, you know it's just uh this and this this was actually the the reason why i started to actually you know, go on my journey of just abandoning what I'd been taught and try to figure out for myself. Cause like, how the hell am I going to explain this stuff to my kids? Right. And I yeah. thought that three years ago. And then here I am at a moment where my daughter has a question. And then if I was in a certain place, like I was, you know, four years ago, I would give the generic, well, he died for our sins and da, 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 da. And, and now he's with God. And, you know, but a kid seeing a guy on a cross, all bloody, you know, it just doesn't compute for them why you know right and uh yeah it was a very surreal moment and you know this is kind of the moment that i had been dreading happened you know where i have to try to explain this and and after a while she just kind of rolled her eyes and she went whatever she walked in the other room so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know but it, awesome, it, it, the thing is like the problem is there's so much context right to the actual story of why jesus would die on a cross you know, and it's like when you start kind of picking it apart, it's almost you have to go back here and then you have to go back here. And it's just it's more complicated, I think, than I ever thought it would be to try to explain that, I guess, because most of the time you just go to generic, you know, a generic statement, you know, and then that's it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times what I what I feel like I do with my kids is like, you know, they'll say something or ask a question and I know like that it's it's just total bs like they're just making it up or like it's a really complicated question and uh-huh. so i just feel like a lot of times i'm like do you really want an answer to that question <laughs> because this is going to take about an hour right. and they're like eh <laughs> yeah <laughs> go play video games yeah. like, all right <laughs> uh, so Joey, Joey, you need to hurry up and have kids so you can, uh, so we can, we can mentor you. Okay, shoot, man, I'll, I'll live through you vicariously. Oh, Come on man. now. <laughs> so you know, I yeah, I I think you know, it's all it definitely is a balance, and I I feel like just what I said about you know just yesterday, just kind of after two weeks of just not focusing on my whole upside down journey, right? You know, I had like. And then I, I ate like really awesome yesterday, and I had like I felt like I was more clear, and I'm and that's the kind of those are the kind of days that I want. So I'm trying to find 
the balance for myself. Like this morning I was reading, uh, I have this uh, like New Testament, but it was basically retranslated. It's very fascinating. They use the actual like Greek words and Hebrew words that were, would have been used at the time. So hmm. instead of Jesus as Yeshua, you know, stuff like that. And, and um, it's very fascinating. So I just started, and they start with the first book of the new, this new Testament is Mark. So they start with the oldest gospels and move on through. So I started reading that this morning, but just reading it, not really trying to figure anything out, you know, and uh, it was very cool. And that, you know, revisiting, jumping into something like that after kind of a, a week to two week hiatus was, was cool. So I think I'm going to try to balance out my life like that. And then I worked out for the first time yesterday in probably a year wow. for like 20 minutes. But I, today I feel like I worked out, I ran a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. feel, I feel useless today. Right. But just trying to, for myself, I feel like if I get in these healthier habits, I think I'm going to have better clarity with the stuff I'm reading. So that's kind of my, I guess my balance and my goal and yeah, not be in a hurry to have this stuff figured out. And when my kids ask a question like that, you know, I, I need to like know that I'm not going to have all the answers right now. And just, I need to be able to tell my kids, you know what? I don't know hundred percent, but here's what certain people, here's what some people believe. And when you get older, if you have more questions, we'll continue the conversation. You know, I need to kind of approach things like that. And, um, and that's where my wife and I have to kind of, you know, talk about how we're going to do these, answer these questions. And, and, uh, she has, you know, I, I've just read more things. She has her beliefs and everything, everything like that. But I think, you know, ultimately it's once the kids get old enough to figure things out, I'm hoping that they go on their own journeys at a young age, as opposed to like, like me, I started my journey three years ago on actually caring about, you know, knowing what I believe, you know? So Joey, how about you, man? How are you going to balance your faith whatever journey, you know, with kind of, you know, your health goals and stuff like that. <laughs> it's, it's the popular word, man. Just balance. Yeah. Um, not to get so OCD. I get really OCD on everything. So if it's becoming like on um, religion or Christianity, I just want to like focus on that and read yeah. everything. And just, that's all I do. And that's all I think about 24 seven. I watched probably every video on YouTube that exists <laughs> on Christianity from every scholar from all like, I'm serious. That's what I do. And I get crazy about that. And yeah. I need to, I need to, and that's the same with working out, you know, I'll become a P90X coach. I'll, you know, get 8% body fat and I'll be super ripped and crazy shredded and be all like crazy. And then I'll just flatline, you know, yeah. I get exhausted and I need to, that's like what I'm working with in myself is just to find balance, mm -hmm. enjoy, enjoy life more. You know, enjoy the moment that we have. Yeah, enjoy totally. family, and um, you know, and and not like you said, don't feel like I have to understand everything and figure it all out by a deadline. There's no deadlines. You know, if if today, you know, if I die tomorrow, I'm I'm gonna know is what I know. You know, yeah, and that's how it's gonna do. And I just want to live an honest and truthful life and be good to people. So there you go. But Man, you need, uh, yeah, I just want to say something about um, just real quick about. You know, my, my big thing for a long time was reading, kind of like what you're saying about watching videos. Like, mm -hmm. and, you know, I had probably a couple thousand philosophy and theology books. Like, we had stacks of books, like, throughout our house at one point right. because we didn't have enough bookshelves. Like, and I would, 
I used to, um, this has been a couple of years now, but, um, like I would stay up till like 4am because I had to, to read something and I had to understand something. And I think whatever clicked for me to realize that that was a problem was any time that I thought I have to do this or I need to do this, then it was a very clear indicator to me like, hey, wait a minute, Why, what is compelling you to think that you have to read this book? Like, why do you feel this obligation to understand uh, Jack Caputo's take on ethics? Like, why is that so important to you? Why, why is this such a big deal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now I'm like, if, if I ever feel like, oh man, I got to read this. I got to read this. I got to know. I got to understand it. Blah, blah, like immediately I'm like, wait a minute. Like, like, I don't, I don't need any of this. Like if I want to read it, that's great. And if I feel like it's going to help me in some way, that's awesome. But other than that, it's some weird, like, compulsion. Mm -hmm. So, and maybe it is like a a form of OCD. Like, I have to do this. And um, changing that has literally changed my life. Like, I've sold so many books. I've... (laughs) I don't really read that much, honestly, anymore. Like I randomly just pick up a book and I'm like, eh, okay, I'll read a few pages. Um, but yeah, it's been so much better just to to not have that as like the security blanket yep. for me to keep from dealing with my life. <laughs> yeah. Do you, Rob, do you think that it was kind of the way that we were raised and kind of the fear of hell, right? You know, I need to get this all figured out because just in case, what if I'm wrong and I am going to hell? <laughs> That's yeah, I think it, it was like, head. like there's, I mean, even like a a, a more, uh, a more crap. What word am I looking for? Even like in the here and now, like yeah, like even a maybe an idolization of knowledge, like oh, right. like I've got to know this, or um, I'm a bad Christian, or I'm a bad atheist, or I'm you know, I'm not up to par with this group of people. Somebody said a name that I don't recognize. and like, oh, I got to go read that person's 15 books. And then I can have that conversation. Yeah. Um, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's a never ending, never ending circle. I think, uh, I think it's healthy to step back and, and get balance. And I think, I think we're all very similar personalities. So uh, it can be hard for us, I think. So I'm actually uh, I'm actually thinking about looking into some therapy. I don't know, but uh, it's been suggested by a couple of people saying, you know, you just give it a try. So I am know. a fan. <laughs> well, the, you know, the problem sometimes, Sean. I don't know about you, uh, Rob. Like, was your therapist uh, a religious therapist? Like, if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. But you know, like, it's really hard to find like maybe even like a, a non-Christian because they always approach it a certain way. You know their philosophy of of how they're going to give people advice or how how to perform therapy on someone because I know that there are some people that have gone to therapy and they're like it's all Christ centered so you know you need to dive into the bible and you know and it's like did you have a hard time finding just like more of like a just straightforward therapist and they didn't have like some kind of other agenda yeah i mean that was that was uh, a 
I specifically sought out someone who was not necessarily wasn't a Christian, but wasn't approaching therapy from that kind of like the gospel is everything, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everything goes back to sin and repentance. And I just didn't want any of that. Um, So, yeah, it was pretty hard to find somebody, but I thankfully uh, found someone who was awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to find someone who <laughs> pins everything on that one time you stole an iCube or Ice Cube CD from <laughs> Music Land. <laughs> yeah, I, I could just already see the call right now. Sean's like, man, dude, I'm a new atheist. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm done with this all, oh, man. I'm going hitching style. Hitch slap. <laughs> My therapist told me that I needed to repent for that, for stealing the Predator. Oh, God. <laughs> see, I don't CD. even. Not that I ever I, did. I didn't. I don't even. Uh, I don't think that that kind of thing should be should uh distort the the good reputation of therapy yeah like i think like (laughs) like it just doesn't i mean even like the you know to be able to be a part of the american psychological association you have to say you know i support the full inclusion of lgbtq people okay and it's like well that's not the majority of christian counselors so like to even be in that world, like you've had to have a certain type of education and experience and you have to approach things from a certain way. Right. Um, so I need to look for credentials, right? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. I would find a, a person who has a master's in social work. That's what I would look for. Perfect. <laughs> all right. Now that we've all realized that I need to go to therapy, it's time to... <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is a stigma to it that you're like, well, I'm not, I don't need therapy, you know, but I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, there's a few people I've talked to that have actually, I didn't know they had gone through at least therapy and they, they've given it the thumbs up. So, um, so cool. All right. So (laughs) anyway, uh, so we spent an hour and a half to, you know, to, for me to, to decide that. And, uh, we're making progress, Sean, we're making progress. So. A breakthrough today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I hope people can get something out of today's podcast. I kind of like doing these just go through and talk shows every now and then, and uh, we do have some more focus shows coming up in in the future. But I think these kind of shows are are good to just so you know people can understand where we're coming from. I guess. So, um, Rob, where can people find you online? I uh, recently changed my Twitter handle to Coffee or Suicide, <laughs> which is actually a. Uh, I had my old pastor texted me yesterday, and he was like, "What the hell is your Twitter handle?" Um, <laughs> but it actually comes from uh, Albert Camus said, "The only philosophical question is, should I kill myself or drink a cup of coffee?" <laughs> um, which is an interesting thing to think about, but. Yeah. <laughs> So that's really, there, depressing. That's really that. depressing for me since I don't like coffee. Uh oh. Oh man. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Um, so there, there's that. I, I still have my blog robertanthonydavis.com, but I haven't been updating it. Um, and I'm, I'm a contributor on the Emergent Village blog, but I haven't been doing that either. So, yeah, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Joey, where can people find you on online? Uh, my name, Joey Avalos. I actually 
man, made some big steps. I'm full myself now. I actually got JoeyAvalos.com, uh, but it's not fully developed yet. I'm actually an aspiring writer myself, so um, just develop that. It's in the in the process, but yeah, Twitter, Joey Avalos, or Facebook, Joey Avalos. Awesome. And you can find me and the show on Facebook, at the AXPX, also on Twitter, the AXPX, and of course, the AXPX.com. So go there and like the Facebook site, and I would love it if everyone would go to iTunes and leave us a little, you know, five-star review or something. I don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, drop us a line. I would definitely love to hear from the listeners. Uh, the best place to do that is probably uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash the AXPX. Like us there and, you know, join the conversation. And if there's anything that's on your mind, I would love to hear, you know, what you're you're going through, what you're thinking. I know that through the last show, there's uh, I've you know made a couple acquaintances online that'd like to talk to them further, and so each show is kind of a baby step. And uh, definitely, you know, I want to get more people, just you know, regular people like us involved on conversations, and I think that's going to kind of make the show even uh, even more of a of a dialogue. So there you go, uh, Rob. Thanks, man, for yeah. for chatting with us. Yeah, thank you guys. It's awesome. The show may not be as epic as the Lost Show. <laughs> you know, I was thinking of that Tenacious D song, um, Tribute. Yeah. You know? yeah. So this isn't the greatest podcast in the world. This is just a tribute. <laughs> so thanks, man, for talking to us. I'm sure uh, we'll be chatting more as things progress in the future. Uh, you know, um, I'll, we'll definitely be chatting it up on Facebook and stuff. Right and, on. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening today. We'll be back next week. I'm not entirely sure what the show is going to be. I'm trying to uh, get Mike Herrera available for just to talk to him about his, about his gosh career and where his faith is or isn't. And I have, and I know we'll be talking to a, uh, an LGBTQ affirming church uh, in Southern California. I'm going to be talking to a few congregation members and the copa and the, the pastors so look forward to that in the next couple weeks. Uh, and, of course, the show, always, uh, as always, brought to you by Charming Beard Coffee. Grab yourself a bag of coffee from charmingbeard.com and use the code uh, AXPX and get yourself 10% off your order. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Guys, we did it. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>